This is the Side Hustle Show with Nick Loper, episode 64, how to build a passive income on Udemy. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Uh, this is episode 64, How to Build a Passive Income on Udemy. And so last week, I briefly mentioned Udemy as one of the eight income streams I'm currently working on. And the truth is, I'm not working on it very hard or particularly, uh, or or very well. Um, but in this episode, I'm joined by Scott Britton from lifelonglearner.com. It's life-longlearner.com. And he's made a, a pretty lucrative living uh, teaching online courses. He's actually spent the past year traveling in Brazil, um, you know, living the digital nomad lifestyle. He really brings the goods in this call. You're going to like it. So we cover uh, how to come up with topics for your course, how to uh, record that content, how to, you know, price and market the courses, how to get reviews. And uh, it's a ton of good stuff. So ultimately, this is about how to build a, a passive income asset that can pay you for months or, or potentially even years down the road. And because Scott shares so much information in the call, I created a summary PDF with all the highlights that you can download for free at sidehustlenation.com slash episode 64. And with that, let's jump right into it. Hey, Scott, welcome to the Side Hustle Show. What is up, man? How you doing? Doing very well. Thank you so much for joining me. Scott is a uh, he's a number one best-selling Amazon author. He's an entrepreneur and the host of a top 10 iTunes business podcast called The Competitive Edge. I highly recommend checking it out. I've listened to a few episodes and they are very good. He's uh, He spent the last year traveling in South America running a media company called Lifelong Learner that provides training to 22,000 plus people on everything from business development to sleep optimization. I'm really excited to get into this stuff. So, Scott, um, so your primary business is is teaching online. Correct. How did you get started in that? Yeah, man. Uh, so, I, I worked in traditional startups before this. And what happened was is that I was uh, doing business development at a startup called Single Platform. And we actually ended up, we're fortunate enough to uh, sell the company for a hundred million dollars. And when companies get sold, there's often a vesting period where you have to kind of stick around for a year to get a, the lion's share of, you know, a lot of good stuff that happens okay. when an exit occurs. And dude, like I got really bored. Um, so I started teaching and I started teaching people, uh, different things that we were doing from a business development standpoint at the company. And I, I started off doing in-person classes on a platform called Skillshare that unfortunately no longer does in-person classes. And I kind of was like, once I started getting a little feedback and confidence, I was like, wow, this is cool. People actually have value in um, some things that I'm teaching them. Wouldn't it be amazing if I could take this information and put it online so that not so, so that more than just the 30 people that were in that room could check out all these ideas and stuff that we were talking about. Okay, so Skillshare, and, Skillshare still exists, right? And now it's gone all online, right? Yeah, so it does still exist. But for the first couple of years of the company, it was pretty much just a place for you to 
congregate people in your geographic region to actually teach in-person classes. Okay. And that's really how I got my start teaching. Cool. So you're sitting around in New York, you're waiting for your, your share of the $100 million check to cash, and you say, I'm bored, I'm going start, to start doing these business development classes um, you know, in person, and, and, and they're, getting a good, um, they're getting a good reaction from students and, and stuff like that. Yeah, man. And, you know, it, like I said, like at that point, it was like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if I could reach more than the 30 people that were on in, in this room listening to me teach? And the, the only way to do that was online. So uh, I, I first put the courses on Skillshare online and then on Udemy. And it was really fun and actually pretty easy to do. And we can talk about like exactly how I did that uh, from a creation standpoint. But, um, when it came time, when that year was up and it came time for me to figure out what was next, it was like, well, I can go and do biz dev at another startup. I can start a software company or I can go travel abroad with some friends and live off of the income that I was making from teaching online. And at the time, I, I was making enough money to support myself uh, to do that. And I was most excited about going and living abroad and having that experience of kind of traveling around South America based out of Brazil. Uh, so that's what I decided to go do. And the, the business is, my business has evolved since then um, from just a couple courses on Udemy and we can talk about that, but that was kind of the next step in that progression. No, very cool. If you don't mind sharing, what was that you know, lifestyle sustaining income level and how long did it take you, you to reach that point? So I was making 3500 a month on Udemy when I left single platform. Okay. And that was off two courses. And it really didn't take me, I mean, truthfully, man, like I didn't do anything after publishing and marketing the courses for the initial first days. Like I had a, I have a blog, but I never actually sold to my email list those courses. I never... Uh, really like promoted them beyond like an initial week promotion, and that's that's actually kind of the the strategy that um, I teach people when they want to launch Udemy courses. Is you want the idea like at least for me, like I don't see Udemy as a great way to sell your courses if you have an email list, um, but it is an amazing place to access customers from Udemy's email list that you'd probably never encounter and have an incredibly passive asset. So that's, that was my approach. And man, I just like marketed the heck out of them the first weeks of the launches uh, to get like a ton of students, a ton of reviews. And then from there, man, they just started turning off cash and gradually growing. Man, that's that's awesome. Let's let's kind of step back and dig into the kind of the content of the courses and how you know how you created them, how you're able, um, you know, what was involved in creating them, what set you up to be a particular expert on this topic, and how um, and we can get into the marketing in a second. But I think this would be this would be really valuable for people to hear. Totally, dude. Uh, so my first two courses were on actually nothing related to business development. Uh, they were on sleep optimization. Uh, so the first one was called sleep hacking and the second one was on Gmail productivity. And I, I had been teaching a, uh, a life hacks class in person on Skillshare and everybody really liked the section on how to be a better, a f more efficient sleeper that gets 
a more restorative sleep so they can spend less time in bed and have more energy throughout the day. If there's ever and, a universal topic, sleep has got to be it. Yeah, well, everybody's got to do it, right? <laughs> I like it. I like it. So uh, because I got so many questions and inquiries and feedback during this in-person session, I was like, you know, I'm going to create a course on this. And essentially uh, what I did was take all the information that was in the existing in-person course and then I did a bunch of research on all the other best sleep thoughts out there, ideas, studies, and compiled it into a giant PowerPoint uh, where I basically just recorded the PowerPoint using a software called ScreenFlow on my computer uh, into logical segments and published it. And that was really it. And I think an important point to bring here, bring up here, man, is like I am not a sleep doctor. I don't have a PhD in sleep. Uh, I didn't have a huge audience built around sleep. But what I was, was somebody who was very fascinated, had done some self-testing in the topic, and wanted to go out and curate the best information for people in one place. So there's a lot of people out there that I think have limiting beliefs about you know, what they can create courses on because they don't have you know, the biggest skins on their wall for whatever they want to teach, but the reality is, is you can be an effective teacher if you know more than the person who's interested in the topic that you want to learn on. And I think that m- the sleep course and the success that it's had in my own life is a great example of this. Definitely, I'm I'm just like wrapping my brain around like okay, because even even like you know university professors sure they do their own research like you did. Hey, I'm gonna you know test this out on myself, but in a lot of cases they're curating research from a ton of different sources, and that's the same thing. Um, it sounds like you did to find you know the best of the best material that was out there. And like, hey, I'm gonna package it up in one you know easy to you know easy to consume digest for people and uh, and slap a price tag on it. Yeah, man. I mean, let's be real. Like most of the books that are published, very few people have new ideas. People are just basically taking existing ideas, adding their stories and anecdotes around them and narratives and helping it, helping people consume it in an easier way that they can apply it. And like that for me is an incredibly powering mindset as somebody who produces content because it, it makes me realize that like there doesn't need to be a mountain or castle created before I go and create something that could help somebody. And, you know, like it's, I I just think like some people think they need to come up with these incredibly novel ideas that nobody's ever thought of to start creating things and charging money for them. And that's just not the case. A lot of people just want shortcuts so that they can get the best of what's already out there and put it into practice to improve their life. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, what was the, what was the price on the course? $49. $49. Okay. Now let's talk about, and I guess from start to finish, how long did it take to create the, the PowerPoint with the, with the video recordings and all that jazz? Uh, research, PowerPoint, video recordings took 18 hours. Wow. Okay. Okay. $49, uh, 18 hours of work. And then let's talk about the marketing to get this thing out the door and in front of, and so this, I guess we should back up. This was something that you were interested in personally was not based on like, oh, keyword research dictates that sleep hacking is a popular keyword on Udemy. And this is what I should build a course around. No, man, uh, definitely not. And for better or for worse, like I've just generally been somebody who's I guess less concerned about the opportunities 
and more concerned about what I'm interested in and what I care about. And that's what I want to create versus just pure monetary opportunities. Definitely. No, that's, that's good to hear. I think for, for most of the side hustles, side hustlers, it's like, I've got to, I've got to, it's got to be something I care about because I don't need a second job, right? Like I got to, I want to do something that uh, that's interesting to me. Yeah, dude. And like, truthfully, like the goal is to be happy, right? It's not to like be rich. Uh, like if, so if you're spending time on all these things that don't make you happy and you're not interested in, like you're cannibalizing what you set out to do in the first place uh, when you try to create these like side income streams. Right. Think of the end so goal. yeah, always keep the end goal in mind and you also do a much better job if you actually care about what you're creating. Definitely. Okay. So now it's, um, I've got it all built and, and recorded and it's ready to go. And what was like, how many hours of video did it end up being? Let me see right now from my computer. I can find out. Um, it, I think it was, uh, I think it was like four and a half hours. Okay. So pretty serious, you know, pretty serious course. If somebody's, you know, was attending like an in-person lecture, that's like half a day's worth of stuff to sit through. So that's, and that's kind of, is that typical for what I've seen on Udemy? It's around $10 per hour of material. I have no idea what's typical, man. Uh, to be totally candid, like I, I, I don't spend a lot of time like price optimizing and looking at all these other people's things because like that's not what I like. I, I personally don't see Udemy as like my main uh, where I want to build my business. I see it as an incredibly passive channel where I can reach new people that I haven't. Thus, like I'm not that concerned about over optimizing on that marketplace. Okay, so was it just a price that you pulled out of the air? Hey, this seems fair. Or was there any any research that went into the pricing? Uh, I looked around. I saw like a bunch of people charging like twenty everywhere from like twenty nine to seventy nine dollars, and was like, okay, um, forty nine dollars sounds about right uh, for me. Like if I can save people, so I was able to get my sleep down from eight to six and a half hours over the course of a year. Uh, and actually have more energy. And if I can give people back an hour and a half of their day uh, for an entire year, that to me seemed like a great deal for a $49 investment. No question. No question. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster, and 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors, and what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and 
you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. All right, let's move on to the uh, to the marketing side of things. So you can put your in. This is one great thing about Udemy. Like you said, it's a passive platform. You could tap into. I don't know how many, maybe two million students or something at this point. Similar to Amazon, right? It's like a built-in marketplace where people are looking for content, and, and in a lot of cases, they're expecting to pay for that content. So that's fantastic. Um, so how do you go about, I guess, optimizing for that platform or making sure making your course visible versus all the other ones that are out there? Totally, dude. So let me ask you a question. Uh, how do you buy products on Amazon? Uh, do you buy products on Amazon? All the time. Okay, so how do you pick which one you're going to buy? I typically just you know search for a keyword and then sort by highest rated. Good answer. <laughs> so, in my eye, like the way that I do the same exact thing, right? Like there's a plethora of options out there, and the one that we're going to pick is the one that has the highest reviews. That seems like it gets the job. The highest rate, n- most number of ratings or reviews. Uh, that seems like it's going to get the job done in our price range. And so for me, like my initial goal when I launch a Udemy course is to get all of the optics and proof around that product that I need in order for it to be successful. So specifically the way that people gauge whether a product has the proof and, and trust and credibility is ratings and reviews as well as student count. Um, and the price obviously is a fact that they take in consideration as well. So like there's a period where after you, after you click submit on a course that Udemy has to review your course, but you can still invite select people to this course to basically like give it away for free and ask for reviews. So I keep as like somebody who's like creating content and like promoting stuff, uh, I keep a list of people that are friends, family, people who read my blog, people who I consider like an insider that is willing to help me and I know like receives value out of the stuff that I create. Okay. And I basically email these people uh, when the course is up with a free coupon code and say, hey, here's this course uh, on XYZ. I thought it would be interesting to you because of our discussion on this or for whatever particular reason, you don't want people to think that you're just like carpet bombing them. And here's a free coupon code. If you like it, it would be awesome. You could leave a review, no obligation, obviously. And usually I'm able to get like 10 reviews from that. Um, you know, there's some other tactics that you can do, uh, if you don't already have a list of people. Um, so like you can go onto Facebook a week before you're going to publish the course or Twitter and say like, Hey, who's who out there is interested in, let's call it sleep hacking. I have something you might like have a bunch of people raise their hand that they're interested in. And then when the time comes, send them an email with a free code and say, Hey, here's a course in this. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that you reached out and said you're interested in it. If you get a chance, can you please leave a review? 
Um, and that is like, you know, some great ways to get those initial reviews that people will see when they come to your course and be more comfortable buying because it looks like it, it has the indication that other people have taken the course and gotten value out of it. So that's, that's like how I go about seeding reviews. Um, so in order to optimize the conversion when people arrive on that page. Definitely. So you can give it away for free to, to like you said, your, your inner circle. And uh, you know, hopefully they, they like it and leave a nice review for it. Yeah, man. And then the second piece is like getting that student count up. So I typically do not launch a course or I, I like to get a thousand people in my course before I let people buy it, right? Before like Udemy basically approves it and it's in the marketplace. So there's a bunch of sites out there where you can actually give away your course for free and a, and a bunch of people that, by the way, you probably would have never encountered uh, can join your course and optimize the conversion rate. So my favorite place to go is actually uh, this place. It's going to sound like really sketchy, but it's called Black Hat Forum. And there's a section on Black Hat Forum that is entirely get dedicated to free Udemy courses. Really? So okay. you go, you create a coupon, you throw it up there, follow the guidelines, uh, and look at what has been what is what is done well. And you can do that by seeing the number of views and replies. Use that, calibrate with that to create your title. And I, you know, I put a course up there like a month ago, and within 24 hours, I had a thousand people in it. Okay. And what I do after that is I close the coupon code because a lot of people will see your course and then Google the name of your course with coupon code and then circumvent paying you. So I close that off and a couple things will happen here. So one, you'll have the social proof of a thousand students, 10 reviews. I always like to try to get double digit review, five-star reviews if possible okay. in that initial phase. And then the way that Udemy's ranking algorithm works for like the courses that they feature on the homepage at the top of whatever section that you are in is essentially a velocity-based popularity algorithm. So think of it like this. The courses that appear are the ones that have the most number of new students within a within like call it like a seven day period. So not many other courses out there are going to have a thousand students over the past seven days. So when you launch, this means that you'll be on the front page, you'll be trending, and you already have all the social proof around your product. Uh, which are all like great factors to develop inertia for you to have people start buy your course as soon as you launch it. Interesting stuff. Now, do the black hat people tend to leave reviews or not so much? They're they're primarily to boost up the student count. Uh, they don't really leave reviews, man. I mean, honestly, like there's just a horde. <laughs> there's just a horde of people on the <laughs> internet that just are just like content collectors that never actually take read the ebooks they never take the courses never do anything but they just have full hard drives right it's free it's free and i'll take it okay exactly man so i think that that's that's the uh kind of trend i've seen like maybe i'll get like one or two reviews from that out of a thousand um so i would not bank on that to get reviews and one little tip that uh i like to teach people that do udemy courses because i do do some private coaching with people that essentially want to create passive income streams is that only, I think the stat is only 10% of people that buy a product, call it a book, call it a course, actually end up finishing that. And the problem is, is that 
most of the times when people are prompted to leave a review for a digital product is at the end of the course after they've completed it, right? Okay. But if only 10% of people are seeing that, that's a real problem for you. So I actually, within the content itself, within the videos, I break it down into quarters. It's like first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. And before I, I, I kind of have an interruption of the content and say, hey, Scott here real quick. I hope you've been enjoying the course um, so far. I really, it would really be meaningful to me if you've gotten some value out of this already, if you could go ahead and leave a review for the course. Uh, a lot of people really love this course, but they, they end up actually never finishing it because they're so excited about using the information. And the reviews are really important for helping more people discover the course so they can learn too. And then I'll give an exact screencast of me showing them how to leave a review. And I'll do that like in the first quarter. Um, and then in the second quarter, maybe I'll talk about like a free giveaway on my website where people can get more information to by submitting their email address so I can use Udemy to build my own personal platforms email list. And it's just like a really great tactic to make sure that you're you're getting as much value as you can from people that you're providing value to. Right, 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 right. Now that's really smart to kind of ask ask early and often for reviews, especially if people don't finish. And I'm finding that same the same way. I have a course up on Udemy the same way. Like you know, a bunch of people will join, and a lot of those join for free. But then like you know, it shows their little progress bar, and it's like oh, ten percent, zero percent, zero percent, twenty percent. And I think a lot of it is like oh, this sounds like great content, but then I'm gonna have to sit through four and a half hours of videos, like you said. Like I just when am I gonna have the time to do that? So. That's, uh, that's part of the challenge, too. Totally. Another, another strategy I can just give away um, is price anchoring. So if you want to like increase the conversion rate on the freebie, like let's say you have a $29 course. Well, $29 is cool, but it doesn't seem as high value as, say, $99. Right. So let's say you intend to sell the course for $29. But during this free giveaway period, you want to get as many people in the door as you can. And people are going to be paying $0 because you're giving them a free coupon code. I like to increase the price uh, during the giveaway period so that the perceived value is higher. Uh, and thus, more people are likely to download or take it or enroll in it or whatever. Um, and then I'll actually go ahead and after the fact change that price. And that's a cool thing. You can, you can do price testing and I do some price testing with higher end courses that I have on and off Udemy. Um, but like, that's like a really good way. That's just like a little trick that you can do, uh, in these initial phases that I found particularly helpful. Very cool. Um, I did the same thing with my book launch. I intended to price it at two ninety nine, but I put it at four ninety nine during the you know, free promo period just to make it appear more, you know, appear more valuable. Like you said, cool. What's um, so? What's next? So Udemy, you, you, like you said, you can capture emails by you know giving some bonus offer throughout the course. You do have the opportunity to message users uh, on the platform, but that's not as obviously that's not as good as having people on your own list, right? Mm -hmm. Or there's limitations to it. Yeah, yeah, there, there is limitations, but I mean you can use that feature as a way to drive traffic to other things that are important to you. Right, so like when I launched an Amazon book on life hacks, and I wanted to give it away for free, I used Udemy's messaging platform to promote that. And you know, I think I had like ten thousand students on two courses related to productivity, and they were perfect candidates to receive some awesome free content on life hacking and my Amazon book. So I, you know, I, I never like 
a lot of people are like super into like cross selling their audience and all that stuff. And that's not really my style on on Udemy. Um, so I used, I use like that student base as a way to give away free, awesome value, uh, that is also beneficial to my business. And the Amazon book was an example of that, giving it, promoting it for free. If I have podcast episodes, uh, that are like highly relevant to that particular audience, I will make sure to let my Udemy audience know as well. Um, because like ultimately like, you know, like I, I know that the content is good and these people are providing value. And like, this is essentially because most people get push notifications when a instructor gives an announcement, you know, it's more or less like having uh, an email list. Right, 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 right. So what's, so what's next? So uh, Udemy is an awesome platform. And once you've kind of seeded the initial, um, you know, feedback and reviews, and now it starts to, you know, rank highly on its own and be discovered from within the platform because they like to promote it because hey, they make money when people buy the course and it kind of is self-perpetuating beyond that. Then, then what? You sit back and, and watch the, the passive income roll in? Yeah, man. So it's really, it's like what your goals are, right? Um, so there's, there's people that I work with that are really engaged with their Udemy audience and they're hosting, you know, they're promoting it on Facebook. They're running Facebook ads, doing LinkedIn group stuff. They're constantly trying to drive traffic to the Udemy course. And that's awesome. That's not my personal prerogative. I like to just basically get it up on Udemy, get it well positioned in a place where people will buy it and let Udemy promote it for me. Um, and then, you know, basically provide value to that audience. Like I said, uh, there are certain ways that you can improve the profitability of your Udemy course. Um, the lowest hanging fruit on doing that is testing your title. So every two weeks, I am title testing. Uh, I basically just change the name of my course and and see how what the conversion rate is. So I have everything tracked in Google Analytics, and every two weeks I have like a recurring email that says "Check Udemy headlines." And I'll basically just test a different variable, right? So like on the sleep one, I can actually pull this up right now and talk about some like real conversion rate stuff to kind of get like some some uh, behind the scenes details on actually how much of a difference this can make. You bring up a really good point that Udemy allows you to plug in your own analytics code on their platform, on their website, which is something I haven't seen from anybody else. So that's a really cool feature on Udemy. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a super cool feature, man. So, um, you know, the first, let's just look at the sleep hacking course, right? So the first title was sleep hacking, have more energy, spend less time in bed. My conversion rate was 4.47%. And I've tested nine titles since that. The highest converting one is learn optimal sleep to improve your health, energy, and mind. The lowest converting one was sleep mastery, improve your health, energy, and mind. The highest one was a 6.63 conversion. The lowest one was a 2.61 conversion. Wow. Now, now I'm getting about 2,000 unique users seeing this course every two weeks. So that 4% difference in conversion is a meaningful amount of money. And it just is like a super good thing to do to constantly be testing your titles. And, you know, like the sales copy, think about like, like I've had people ask me like, well, what about like the sales copy? Do you test the sales copy of the pages? Do you change the images, all that stuff? Um, I don't. Uh, and I like to just think about like, again, how I buy on Amazon. I look at the ratings and reviews. I look at o- other social signals. I look at the price. I look at the headline. 
that's it. Like I don't get too much into the nitty gritty. So for me, like the evidence that a 4% conversion can, can occur uh, just by changing one of those variables, uh, it f- seems to me like the 80-20 is testing the titles. Definitely. No, that, that makes sense. And you can price test too, right? So I do some price testing um, and you know I have noticed a similar type of disparity when you, you raise or increase the price. And the goal here is to continue to test the title till you reach a conversion rate that you're satisfied with and you're at the optimal price point. So like my highest converting course is my Gmail one. It converts at 19.6%. Wow. And my price on that, ideal price from that is $59. And it originally started at 49. I've tested at 69. Um, but that is, you know, like I've, I've tested eight, ti- I've tested titles, uh, prices, and and I, I guess really just titles. Yeah, titles 19%, 19% for a $69 or $59 product is really, really high. That's really awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, but I, I guess like the rule of thumb here is like, hey, I didn't, I didn't start off with that. Right. Um, you know, it took four months of diligent testing. And I think that's the mindset people need to have is like, there is no magic bullet formula solution to get that type of conversion rate. If we're talking about a sales page, if we're talking about anything else that we're selling or trying to optimize, the best thing you can do is make hypothesis and then continue to iterate on that hypothesis hypothesis, and have the proper testing environment in place for you to understand what the ideal the ideal combination is going to be. Right. And what, what percentage, real quick, just what percentage does Udemy take out of every sale? I think 50%. Okay. Um, depending upon whether they advertise it. Now, if you drive traffic to it yourself, uh, there is a hundred percent gain. It's a hundred percent for the teacher. So anything that you drive yourself, you get a hundred percent of the profits. And the way that you differentiate that is you have to create a unique code uh, in the back end of Udemy and still price it full. So I have like a 0% discount and then use that link. And that link will allow you to get lion's share of those profits. Okay. So if you were going to promote, if you're going to put it, Hey, a link to it from lifelong learner, you would use that unique code just to make sure you could capture, you know, hundred percent of that, of uh, that sale. Exactly. So like on lifelong learner, I have a section called best stuff. It's where I have all my, all my different products, um, including one about how to do Udemy launches uh, and all of those courses, all of those things on that page have unique codes to the courses so that I get 100% attribution for the sale. Awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely link C to, uh, to all that stuff in the show notes um, because I think that would be really helpful for, for people to check out. Now, totally do. Do, you, um, do you syndicate to, to other platforms or do you, do you host the, the courses on your own site or would you even be allowed to do that? Uh, do you like Skillshare or Skillfeed or I don't know what, there's half a dozen other ones of these. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I keep getting emails from people to put them on other platforms and I haven't made a dollar on another platform. Maybe I've made like 10 bucks. Um, so I don't really waste my time. Um, I have put one course on Skillfeed because it's backed by a public company that has a large audience already. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. I actually just did that, but all these other guys out there, um, I don't really mess around with that. I do put my courses on self-hosted membership sites, so like a WordPress instance. Um, and the reason that I do this is 
there's the courses on there. Like I can control the entire experience. I can do upsells. Um, I can create like do like really cool stuff with like webinars that it's just not as it's it's just not as nice with Udemy um, to do that kind of stuff. Okay. So my my typical strategy is that I'll create a really good course, and this is after I'd already had like two Udemy courses in the market, right? So this I didn't come out of the gates with this, and I also had an email list of like probably a thousand people at the time. Okay. But uh, I created a course. I used Optimize Press. I put it on a WordPress site. I sold to my email list. Um, I did a couple. Uh, like webinars with some other people, sold to them. And then after I'd kind of like exhausted uh, my ability to sell the membership site of my own, uh, I went ahead and just threw it up on Udemy to take advantage of all the other audiences, the 2 million people or whatever Udemy has without cannibalizing my own list. Okay, gotcha. What, what's, what's next? Uh, you know, you've got all this stuff going on. Is there... Uh I guess a next step or a next vision for, for lifelong learner or for, or for Scott. Yeah, dude. So like you said, I launched a podcast about a mo- two months ago and I'm, I'm having a blast with it and it's awesome. And that's probably the thing that I'm enjoying most right now. So I have, you know, these Udemy courses I have, I did an Amazon book like yourself. Uh, it's just another great kind of similar thing, similar passive income stream. But I had a I had a realization, man, um, recently that it's kind of taken me away from the information space. Uh, I I really liked I, I fell in love with creating these courses and becoming a teacher because it felt really really good to teach people things that improve their lives and being able to do that at scale was awesome. But it's also like a, a lot of people like get into the business of online teaching to create freedom for themselves. And when you reach a certain scale, you actually almost cannibalize that freedom. Like, you know, I, I'm not trying to complain here at all. I feel very fortunate and lucky, but I usually get 200 emails a day and say like 80 of those are people me asking for me advice. Hmm. And that just like really is tough. Yeah, that would stress me out. Yeah, that's really tough. And you don't want to let people down. And I'm not the type of guy that's going to have some other person answer my emails for me and build that system because I don't want to deceive anybody. Um, so, th- like, you know, you, and I hear guys like, you know, Ramit Sethi, like, get like 600 emails a day of people asking for his advice. And it just becomes a real challenge to scale this because you can only scale yourself so much to a certain extent. Definitely. Um, so I think like even right even now, with the Gmail hacks, you can't get <laughs> that's still a lot of emails to get through. Yeah, dude, it's a ton of emails to get through. Um, and again, like you know the like for me, the whole reason I created this um, was because I love teaching and I wanted to go travel the world, have independent, have location independence, and have time freedom. Well, you know, I've, I've been able to achieve those things, but it's uh, <laughs> I'm kind of in a place where I'm like, wow, well, that time freedom, it's really. It's really gotten kind of cut into. Um, so, you know, that with the combination of the fact that uh, I realized that, like, actually, like, information products is a pretty lonely gig. So, a lot of people have this, like, vision of, I'm going to get, I'm going to get real, I'm going to get real here, man. I hope you're ready. Um, <laughs> lay it, a lot lay of people have this, this vision of, uh, this vision of basically, like, yeah, like, I'm like, live on a beach and uh, create these courses and whatever and, like, travel the world. And, like, that's awesome. Um, but 
you're by yourself. Like every decision you make, you are by yourself. Uh, it can be very, very lonely. And for me, like I'm the type of person that thrives around other people um, where I think like my favorite thing to do is, is entertain, inspire and within the context of like sales and marketing. And so like, you know, I'd prefer to be, to try to build something where it's like a bunch of people rowing in the same direction and I can do the same type of teaching environment where I'm not just sitting by myself in a foreign country in front of my computer doing it. Like that's not as fun to me as working with my best friends on an interesting problem. So as looking forward, uh, combine with these two things, it's, I've, I'm super fortunate that I have this kind of like a bunch of assets that can support me while I go and try to work on something bigger. And I think like what that will be is some type of product, either software or or food, uh, where the the thing that people are buying is not my information, and uh, I'm, you know I still am going to teach and create content, but in terms of like the being like online course bookman for the rest of my life, it's uh, it's it's probably a direction that I'm moving away from. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, interesting. I, I like the uh, kind of the framework that you sh- that you shared earlier. Hey, it took eighteen hours to create this thing, so that means that somebody was who was doing this as a side hustle could conceivably get their, you know, first course up, you know, by the end of the month, working just an hour a day. Um, so I really like that framework, and and thank you for sharing kind of the the downsides of of having a course that does do really well as people end up asking for additional free advice and and kind of can be a drain on your time and, and your freedom, which you got into it in the first place for. So thank you for sharing that. Of course, man. And yeah, and like, I don't, I don't want to discourage anybody. Like what, what this has allowed me to do is for uh, the, the time period that I desired, go and travel, go and basically have a complete ownership of my days, no longer have to report or anybody report to anybody and also be able to support myself on this next journey. And I think like, you know, three months ago, I thought that I was going to be doing this stuff for the rest of my life, man. And I think it's just like really important to look at everything as like a giant experiment and be totally honest with yourself. Uh, like it's not easy to admit to yourself that you thought that you wanted to do this and it turns out it's not as sweet as you thought. And now you're going to have to change and you're going to have to tell all the people that you told that you were doing this to, that you were doing this, like that you're changing. That's not an easy process, but at the end of the day, like you have to, you have to be honest with yourself yet and you have to do what feels best. And I feel really lucky that I've gotten to have these experiences by creating these side hustles and for all the experiences and cool stuff that's going to come from creating them as well. Definitely. It just opens up, opens up so many doors. I really like that. Totally, man. So, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show, everybody. Check him out, lifelonglearner.com, life-longlearner.com, and uh, we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. And, Scott, we'll wrap up with your number one tip for the Side Hustle Nation listeners. Number one tip. Wow. Well, I'd say my number one tip is whatever you're trying to pursue, whatever you're trying to do, find other people that have that same mission right? I think like the fastest way to get where we want to go is through people, whether that's advice, whether that's access to specific opportunities. Um, Like I could go, if I was trying to like create a Udemy course or whatever it is, I could go and research every article, listen to every podcast, do that. 
Or I could just find one person that's done what I want to do or that's trying to do what I want to do and ask them a question and it'll be 10 times faster. Are you going to open yourself up to even more email? (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Bring it on. I'm already used to it. (laughs) Um, So I think like, I think like just really investing in, and in building relationships with people that are trying to accomplish the same things uh, or that have accomplished what you want to is, is the absolute best use of your time. Um, and so that's what I would say. I'd say like, get out there, like send cold emails to people, go to networking events, go to conferences. I mean, I've spent, you know, like five figures this year on traveling to meet people, whether it be at conferences, special events or whatever it is. And like, the investment has always been worth it. So invest in that with your time and resources, and I think you'll be in a position to succeed. I like it. I like it, Scott. Thanks so much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Nick. And there you have it. Thank you so much to Scott for, uh, for sharing all that info, and thank you for listening all the way to the end. Again, if you want to grab a copy of that free highlight reel PDF, head over to sidehustlenation.com slash episode 64 and do that. That's sidehustlenation.com slash episode 64. And hey, while you're there, leave me a comment. Let me know how you plan to take action and implement some of these Udemy strategies that Scott has laid out for us. And that's it for the show. Until next time, go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you next week in episode 65. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 